The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Let's roll it your weekend. It's RJ Salves and John Russell here on 106.9 The Fan. You can't hear anything, can you? You planned it that way, didn't you? You still can't hear anything, can you? No, I can't. Is your mic up, though? Is your like headset thing up? Yeah. Up. Go ahead. You're loud enough. I can hear you. Oh, fine. All right. So, uh, Chase Allison, John Russell, John, fix your issues over there. Uh, Friday, congratulations. You all made it. As we get ready for the weekend, a lot going on. Some top stories. You already heard a couple on today. We're going to get into one of them here in just a bit. Preston Medlin. Former great Aggie is going to join us here live in studio to talk about what's going on uh, in regards to the basketball tournament. He'll be featured on the Utah Stallions team with a few more former Aggies. Uh, that will be 25th, 26th, 27th next week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Speaking of which, we've got tickets to give away. We're going to give away two tickets today, John. Or have we decided? No, we didn't. So we'll see how it goes with the first round. Yeah, we'll see. I might not even Depends give Depends on away. what kind of mood we're in. I might not even give them away. Probably... <laughs> <laughs> gonna try and give him to Kyle Van Oy. You know what? Actually, let me hit him up on Twitter. Hold on. <laughs> to the greatest linebacker in the state. History. You're just not gonna give that up, are you? Hey, you're the one that brought it up. This has don't, been a great week. Don't look at me. You, you know, brought that things, up. Some things are so no, easy. You brought that up. But I enjoy it. It's so much fun. What a joke. My gosh. How many Pro Bowls has Van Oy been to? How many Super Bowls has Van Noy won? Uh, it's because he's he's it's Belich- it's uh, Belichick. That's the only reason why Brady and Belichick. Well, the Pro Bowl has nobody else to pick, so they're like, oh, other just than get the him. best middle linebacker in football today, Van Noy. But he but he can't play in it because he's in the Super Bowl. So once again, <laughs> quick segue. Hey, news out of Utah State again. The accolades, the recognition, the awards continue. To flow. Uh, once again, it's been announced again. Utah State announces that uh, junior wide receiver kick returner Savon Scarver and junior linebacker David Woodward, who, you know, comes from Linebacker University, Utah State. Anyway, they've both been named to the 2019 College Football America Yearbook Group of Five preseason starting lineup. That's a mouthful. It, it really is. And But what's great about it is, is this is a starting lineup made of players. From the group of five conferences, uh, but then in addition to that, Scarver and Woodward were also named to the Dream Team, which is a version of their their uh, preseason All American team. But just just to give you an idea, of what's going on? Scarver's also been named nominated a preseason first team All American by Phil Steele, preseason second team All American by a- uh, Athlon Sports and Sporting News. First team All Mountain West by everybody as a kick returner this summer. Woodward has been named preseason third team All American by Athlon, fourth team All American by Phil Steele, first team Mountain America by both Athlon and Phil Steele, as well as being named to the Lot Impact Trophy watch list, uh, which is given to the college football's defensive impact player of the year. Wow. Uh, the. This is exciting. I think Scarver, a lot of people are, are going to focus on his his returnability, which we saw in full force last year, had an amazing year. But I think he's going to be, when we talked about this 
you know, wh- who is Jordan Love going to go to? Who's going to be able to step up and fill sure. for for all the lost receivers? And I think this is the great thing for Scarver. He he was able to, you know, really make a name for himself as a returner. Now he's going to be able to do it as a receiver. My question is, is it going to translate? Is his skills going to be able to translate from kick returner receiver? Because in kick returner, you have wedges that you run through, mm-hmm. in or lanes that you run through. In in as a receiver, it's an offense. There's reads. There's hot reads. There's routes. There's coverages. You got a base for round on the coverage of what it looks like. Can he translate to being a good receiver for Jordan Love? Yeah, there's that, and that we'll find out. That's a great question. But this also goes back to something we talked about uh, earlier this week: is that Utah State now has depth that they haven't had in the past. And and I you know I feel that if we had gone back five ten years, Scarver would have been a starting wide receiver, not necessarily because he was that good, but out of necessity. Now I think the fact that Utah State's so deep, they've had the, they have the ability to take a guy and say, you know what, we want you to learn the wide receiver position, but you've got skills. We can't keep you off the field, so we're going to put you back there and t- and and take kickoffs and and just look what he did. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's a great question, and, and we've got lots of time coming up. Uh, fall camp starts in less than two weeks, two weeks from yesterday. So uh, you and Eric uh, will have plenty of opportunities to discuss this to see how it goes. But I, I just the, – the nice thing about it is getting these awards, getting this recognition is just the fact that Utah State is now on the mind of people. Well, and speaking of being on the mind of people, they're and I hate to put it like this – but they're also on the mind of LSU, and the problem there <laughs> is that LSU's got a buy before. In fact, they actually got three buys before they play Utah State. Yeah. Meanwhile, Utah State's got to face that back-to-back week of going to San Diego State, then playing a very roughhouse-type style of football versus Colorado State. Mm-hmm. Then you go to LSU. I mean, I loved having that big money game at the very first of the year where we're like, all right, you know, LSU has no idea what's coming. They think they're going to roll over us by 50. All of a sudden, boom. We're up by six with two minutes left in the game, and LSU's got to get a score to win it. A lot of unknowns. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's kind of quirky. I'm sort of scared. I'm not going to lie to you, man. Goes. Well, going to LSU regardless, uh, you know, that that's just going to be a rough place to go, period. It doesn't matter whether you play them first game, fifth game, tenth game. It, it doesn't matter. That's always a, just a brutal venue to go to. Uh, you know, if you've been watching the weather, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. It's It's been really hot, scary hot, and, and you know, for all our listeners back east, because I know there are thousands upon thousands, be safe. But, you know, they're talking about it's hot, but it's humid, and, and it's very scary. They've got heat warnings and, and all these things going on. People in New Orleans are just like, what's that? That's nothing. <laughs> 95 with, you know, 80% humidity? That's a good day to us. It, there's so many things that are going to happen with this game, uh, but, but there are going to be four beforehand. Aggies will have a chance to really kind of figure out who they are. Yeah, it means more tape, more things for for the staff at LSU to look at. Uh, but but what a great opportunity to go down there and and, and make a mark. Let me ask you something. Uh, by the end of Jordan Love's career at Utah State, who will have had the better resume in overall regarding wins, bowl games, uh, and? I guess yeah, I, I wins bull games. I mean, and and maybe even like uh, productiveness on the offensive side in their position. Jordan Love, Tyler Huntley, or Zach Wilson. Hmm. Uh, that, that's a great question. 
I mean, man, Archie, you, you prepared. You're breaking out on Friday. I know. Got to give you. Props. I finally showed up on Friday. Finally, took me a while. <laughs> it did. Uh, you know, I think Jordan just has the potential to do that. Uh, Utah is real. As do I, by the way. Hmm? As do I. Yeah. Ta- right now, there in my mind, there's no doubt that Jordan Love is the best quarterback in the state of Utah. Oh, right now, hands yeah. down, bar none. Um, it's it's hard for for you to judge on Wilson because he didn't have a full season last year. What he does this year, now that you know he's the guy, uh, and with that and, schedule, and, yeah, by the way, with that schedule, and other teams can prep for him. You know, it, let let's face it; it's it's always great to play a backup because, uh, or it's better to be a backup sometimes because other teams are used to another yeah. guy. Yeah, and so the fact that he was able to kind of kind of get away with it last year, I think that gave him a break. Tyler Hunley, good guy, manages the offense well. But but not as good as a quarterback. Doesn't have the skills. Doesn't have the talent. Doesn't have the ability. Now, if he turns around and leads Utah to a to a Pac-12 championship, we're having a totally different. Discussion. Then all of a sudden we're and you're I, in the Rose Bowl I, too. But I don't know if he does that because I think even if they do win that, even if they do win you know the South and go on to the championship game and win that, and regardless of what they do in the bowl, I don't think they win it because he's coming out and winning you know forty-two to ten. I think it's because Utah's defense. Is just so stellar, so strong. Which and, and, and they were last year too. Yeah. And because I don't think he has the ability to really lead a, a high powered offense. I think Utah wins, they win twenty to seventeen, seventeen mm. fourteen, and one of those touchdowns may even be up from the defensive side or at least a turnover. If one of those guys wants to come out on top in that little battle of quarterbacks, which by the way, they don't give a flying you know what about, mm-hmm. I would say they have to win a conference championship. Which mm-hmm. guess what it races you know who out because there's no conference for them. Yep. So then he has to hope that he gets to a big time bowl game. But if Jordan Love can win a conference championship, lead his team to a bowl game, like a big time bowl. And we're not talking about the New Mexico Bowl. We're not talking about the Idaho Potato Bowl. I'm talking about if they can go and win the conference and be one of the highest as of right now, because when you look at the season and where they stand in that I guess top twenty five settling of poll if they can go there and win the conference and win it handedly and be ranked as high as a group five team can be, they're going to a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah. Something that this last, what, since 2009, we haven't had an in-state team do. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, and even more so if he's able to do it this year. And I, and I really hate to dog on the on the Aggies, but there's so many question marks. Oh, yeah. and, and maybe we don't know. Maybe, maybe GA's sitting back there, you know, chuckling as he listens to us. Going, guys, you just don't even know what we're in for. Yeah, yeah, we, oh, we've yeah. got it all down. But but we we know and we will talk about this uh, just ad nauseum until the season starts. The questions, what's going to happen to the offensive line? Who's going to step up at the wide receiver position? Is somebody at the tight end uh, going to become a, a big-time player? Is there going to be another running back? Because I think nowadays in college football, you have to have two backs. Unless you've got a guy like, uh, by the way, happy uh, uh Birthday to Barry. I think Barry Sanders just had his birthday. Probably, in my mind, one of the greatest running backs ever just because of who he played for. Detroit was bad back then. And if you want to watch somebody exciting, watch the old video clips of Barry Sanders. But if you've got a guy like him in your backfield, yeah, you can get away with it. But nowadays in college football, I think you need two top-level running backs. Who's that other guy going to be? You know, we've got one. Thompson left. So who's that guy going to be? Um so, yeah, a lot of questions, and I'll tell you what, if Jordan Love can lead that offense 
and be as productive as they need to be to win a conference championship, it's over. Mic drop, boom, it's over. He's the best quarterback uh, coming out of Utah and, and the best of the three. All right, we're going to take two, we're actually going to take two early breaks today because of uh, Preston Medlin joining us here at four thirty live in the studio. Again, we'll get his thoughts on the basketball tournament, his team, the Utah Stallions, and also memories of his time at the Spectrum playing for Stu Morrill and the Utah State Aggies. Uh, coming back, we're going to get to the biggest topic today that has not been talked about enough, and there's a lot to talk about, and it's about this. Depends. You know, if I am at home, I have um, school pickup and soccer, you know, soccer practices. I'm a lot more slow <laughs> than that um, but, uh, but playing at this elite level is a completely different deal. I mean, I, you got to be spot on. I mean, these guys are are too good. Uh, there are too many guys that are playing well, and, uh, and I'm just not one of them. And play one more than once a month. Tiger Woods is something that we have not talked about enough. We will hear in just a bit. That's all coming up on the full. <laughs> all full court press. John Russell, Aj Salveson, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Audrey Salveson, John Russell here on the Full Court Press. 417, your time. Preston Menlin here joining us at 430 live on the Full Court Press. 1069 FM, 1390 AM. Uh, we're going to give away some tickets. Should we do it after the first segment with him? Sure. Like, I really don't even know. I mean, let's, okay, we'll do it after the first segment with Preston. And we'll give those tickets away. And it's going to be via Twitter. Because I can't see if we're getting any phone calls. Yep. So, just be fine. So, if you have a Twitter account, if you don't, get one now. Make a fake we're, account. We're giving you time. You can so call it, like, up. the AJ's Burner account or something like that. Which would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. But those are all the girls you you dated in the past. We so. teased we, that we would talk. <laughs> Shoot, dude. We teased that we would. Whoops. Oh, there we go. Let's try that again. Hold I on. almost walked out on you. <laughs> we teased that we talked Tiger Woods. Obviously, we won't because you've heard enough about it. But this. Well, real quick, because this is a big. We shouldn't um, note that uh, British Open uh, finished up the second round. Three of the big names that, that folks were hoping were going to be at the top of the scoreboard did not make the cut. Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Rory uh uh, Rory didn't make Rory it. Rory didn't make it. Had shot a 65, and he was kind of the favorite. He's from Northern Ireland. Everybody hoping he could could do it, but unfortunately he's not there. However, Jordan Spieth uh, uh, and Kepka uh, both in it, so we'll, we'll see what happens. What we really need to talk about is this. He says that there were, quote-unquote, false allegations. Those are the words. So he is clearly denying... He says that, and the NFL conducted its own investigation. This is a business that the league has gotten itself into over recent years and determined that it could not find evidence that Tyreek Hill actually assaulted his son as he was accused of doing. The league left open the case that if additional evidence does surface, that it could go discipline him at that point in time. So you're telling me that Tom Brady can have a ball deflated by a half PSI in a game that was a 35-point route, which really didn't become a 35-point route until the second half after those so-called deflated footballs were exchanged for regular footballs. 
But Tyreek Hill, accused of beating up his son, his kid, you couldn't find enough enough evidence to be able to punish him. How about you go throwing that in that little, I don't know, $32 million or whatever that you threw against Tom Brady to be able to try to prove a point? You had a vendetta against one of the greatest football players in NFL history, but when it comes to a guy being accused of beating up his kid, you just want to throw it aside like it's nothing. This is why Roger Goodell is the worst commissioner in sports history. They say David Stern is because of the whole... You know, Tim Donahay, did he bet on games, yada, yada, yada. No, Roger Goodell continues to prove why he's an absolute joke. What the Pac-12 commissioner is to the Pac-12, Roger Goodell is to the NFL. He is a cancer, and he is an absolute problem. I am absolutely sick of Roger Goodell having this hypocritical mindset of when and when not to punish people. Tell us how you really feel. I'm so <laughs> annoyed right now. I, I, You know, the key word here, and... and I've I've struggled with this because this is not the first incident where where somebody has been uh, accused of a horrific event, and uh, and Tyreek Hill was, and that's the key word, accused. Uh, and, and we live in a society where you're entitled to your to your time before the judge, or even before you get to the judge, you know, to have everything. See, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought there. Have everything run through the process to see if, if something happened. Uh, this is a situation where Tyreek Hill uh, did plead guilty to, a, to a assault on his ex-girlfriend. Uh, this child is his with his ex-girlfriend. Uh, and he was accused of breaking the three-year-old's arm. Are you saying at this point you don't feel that they went through the proper process? Sure. Let's say that. Let's say that. Let's say that they didn't go through the proper process because, you know what, on a deflated football by half PSI, Roger Goodell's like, you know what, let's let's take it to court because I have nothing better to do than go against the greatest NFL player, and I want to prove my power. Well, he had a chance to prove his power against a domestic violence assault, and he just puts his hands behind his back and says, you know, Let's just. But if there's no throw evidence, it under the rug. I mean, Ajay, how do you handle that situation? What do you mean there's no the evidence? evidence? Dig deeper. There. Do your job. They didn't and do they it. They left it open. They left it open so oh, that if no, something that's came... to cover his base. He ain't leaving it open. Just like hey, let's just leave it open. Just you know, let everybody know we are going to maybe come back, but we're probably not. Yeah. I come I on, just John. look at it. No, I, I I completely disagree with you on this. I I feel like that they they've done what they can for now. Uh, I don't think the NFL takes this lightly. After the whole Ray Rice situation, uh, you know, one of the the most horrific, you know, videos I've ever seen. Uh, to watch that and to watch him just clock his girlfriend uh, was it his wife or girlfriend at the time? Uh, girlfriend at the time. And and you know, just to sit back and and to watch that, I think the NFL realized that they are under the microscope. They're going to be watched. But I also feel like you can't just jump, you know, just jump out there and go, no, he's guilty, he's done, he's out of the NFL. We're never going to. Why they up. did it to Brady? And they had no evidence. Well, okay, just relax here. How did it affect Brady? He set out four games, dude. So what? Oh, well, don't give no, don't give me so what? His integrity him? was questioned. And you know what? They actually accused him of something that they had no evidence for. 
They never had evidence of Tom okay, Brady. If he didn't have, if the evidence wasn't there, then how did all that go down? Then how did he get suspended? Because I guarantee you, Brady can afford every lawyer that he would have needed wait, to, wait, to wait, overturn. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean? How did they get suspended? What do you, What do you mean? But the, the NFL can't just say, you know what? We think they, you did that, so we're going to suspend you. They did. Why do you think Goodell spent millions of dollars, man? He did. He did do that. And then all of a sudden, he decided to take it to another court. Then the Supreme Court. I mean, it was becoming... the Dude, the Supreme Court judge was like, guys, this is really an embarrassment. We're talking about a deflated football. Mm-hmm. And he was looking at Goodell. Like, you're wasting my time, no, man. You're just... You're in a situation where... It, I look at it as load management. The NFL just gave the Patriots load management without having to do anything. Uh, you know, Tom Brady will still go back, you know, go down as, as one of the goats when it comes to the NFL. Uh, he still has his championships. It's not like they turned around and reversed the victory and said, nope, we're overturning that. And, uh, you know, this is a situation where I'm not defending Tyreek Hill, and I'm not saying he is totally innocent, and I have confidence that they, if there is additional things that come up, that, that the proper steps will be taken. But they've done an investigation. Tyreek Hill, while one of the top players in the NFL, certainly one of the top uh, uh, you know, fantasy football players, he's not at that level that that they're just going to throw it out the door. And he is going to end up paying on his own. I'm not saying that, you know, this is right, but he's in a contract year and he's not going to get what he might have. He is going to pay for it. But again, he was accused. They looked into it. They did an investigation. They've not found enough evidence. You got to run with that. Sure. Okay. Then fine. I, I I hope that in the future that one of the major issues that the NFL committee and the ownership or the commissioner, whoever, that they have is consistency and discipline. That I'd agree. Because Greg Hardy can throw his girlfriend onto a bed with guns on it and get four games. The same amount of games that... <laughs> and Josh Gordon, by the way, who has a uh, who's trying to overcome a drug addiction, is suspended indefinitely. But Tyreek Hill, because we don't have enough evidence. Well, it's multiple times he's gone there. It doesn't matter, man. One time of domestic violence is enough. No, no, I'm saying Josh Gordon. He's had multiple occasions where he's been, been found of violating the, the drug. Dude, one time of domestic violence is more time right, than but drugs. But they didn't find anything. So you're going to. So, Ajay, I'm going to accuse you yeah, of dude. slapping your family member, and then automatically you should be suspended? If there are charges that are put into place or accused, he shouldn't be playing this season. There are no charges. They've they've sat back and there no there are no charges. I feel bad for the kid and his wife. I feel absolutely terrified and bad for them. And because the NFL will defend its players for the money instead of the family for the betterment of the family. It's just sad. Absolutely sad. All right, John, let's move on with life. Good. I love you. Carry on. I love you too, Roger. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. That's sweet of you. All right, coming up, it's time. Former great Utah State Aggie member Preston Medlin is going to join us here. He actually is live in studio as we speak. He's going to hop on air with us. We'll talk about <laughs> we, the— We didn't run him off after that little exchange. He, he's still here. What he doesn't know, I locked the door, so he is kind of stuck <laughs> for the next half hour. Uh, Preston Medlin is going to join us. We're going to talk about the Utah—or excuse me, the basketball tournament, the Salt Lake Regional. The Utah Stallions will be in that, mm-hmm. as well as two other Utah-affiliated teams. We'll also talk about uh, the Utah State Aggies and his memories with the Aggies and 
Who is the player that is most like him currently on this team? I've got a really good guess of who he's going to put in place in that one. That's all coming up on the Full Court Press. John Russell, Audrey Salveson, and Preston Medlin coming up here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Audrey Salas and John Russell, 429 your time, which means, yep, it's right. Preston Medlin is in the house. Former Utah State Aggie grade. Uh, you remember him from the uh, legendary ending years of Stu Morrill, or mm-hmm. at least getting to that point, uh, and, those, and those rivalries with St. Mary's and, oh, such good days. And I'm happy to welcome him back, too. You know what you did, though, and, and we all do this. You said former Utah State, State Aggie great. No, he is an Aggie great. Not a former. Good point. Former good point. Player, fair enough. But always an Aggie great. Fair so, enough. Fair so enough. Preston, good to have you. I appreciate that, guys. I'm glad to be on, and uh, thanks for having me in the studio today. Hey, let's start here. The Utah basketball tournament, or excuse me, the basketball tournament <laughs> is coming up here. You and a few other former Aggies are going to be on this squad. How did that all come about? Did you, like, call Jordan Stone and say, hey, there's a basketball tournament. Let's go uh, Let's go win a couple cool million. Yeah, yeah, I w- I, yeah. We'll see what happens. But basically what happened is we pl- actually played in this tournament in 2016, when it was just a million dollars, oh okay, went down to um, Los Angeles, played down there. We actually lost to Team Utah by was a couple points at the very end of the game, very close game, really good. But so this year, when they had it in Salt Lake Region, one of the guys that's over the TBT contacted uh, Sean Harris, who's kind of over over the team and kind of and kind of talking with that guy, and basically asked if we want to play again. So we we got some guys together and. Most of them live in Salt Lake now, and it's good. I'm excited, and we call a lot of Utah State guys, and not everybody that uh, not everybody called could make it, but it was good. I think we'll I think we'll have a good team. Well, I mean, Amish Keta is kind of busy right now. Yeah, we apologize, yeah. but yeah, we tried to reach out to Sam, but the NCAA shut it down. So <laughs> it, did, it didn't work out. I'm sure, Craig Smith did too. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you need. So, hey, who's going to be on the team? So right now, it's um, I guess the team said it's me, um, Spencer Butterfield, uh, Danny Berger. Sean Harris and Jordan Stone are all the uh, Utah State guys that are on the team. And then we have um, Brandon Sly, who's from Salt Lake, plays overseas right now in Georgia. Um, we have Jaleel, who played in Mexico, played in the G League for a long time. He actually played for the Salt Lake Stars, and so that's why he's uh, living in Salt Lake now. He's from Georgia originally. Hmm. Um, then we have Parker Van Dyke, who's from Salt Lake, played at the U. And then Tyler Rawson, he's on the roster, but... He actually will not be playing. Um, he hurt his. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what he hurt, but he got injured, so he won't be playing this uh, this year, which is kind of tough. But I hate to lose a big man. Yeah, <laughs> good to have him there. Yeah. And, and you just answered my question. So you, most of you guys, Utah, Utah State guys, uh, but but a couple of the guys, uh, Jaleel Roberts, played at UNC Asheville, mm-hmm. and then uh, um, Brandon Sly. But they have an Eric Arizona or Arizona. I just went back to my Arizona days. Of course, sorry. Yeah. That happens every show. Sorry oh, for sure. Uh, Utah connection through mm-hmm. through. Yeah, how? just just kind of. I mean, the basketball community in in Utah is pretty tight once you once you kind of get up in the um, the higher levels. And so, yeah, Jaleel, he's he played for the Salt Lake Stars, and he he met a girl, and so he lives in Salt Lake, and and, and yeah, lives down there. And then Brandon's actually from. Salt Lake. So he played, I think he went to East High School maybe and then transferred somewhere else and then ended up going to Adam State. 
and so but he lives in Salt Lake. So it's awesome. Good. Yeah. Uh, when you are in these kind of tournaments, is there just any unreal talent that you see? Like, man, why are you not still playing? <laughs> um, I would say in this tournament, and especially now, because I, I mean, there was games on today actually for the first round of this tournament. Oh. I was watching some of those games, and and I would say majority of the teams, everybody still plays. I mean, I mean, when when you when you put a two million dollar purse, or I, I mean, winning the winning team gets it all. You, I mean, you get you get some pretty good talent out there. So, I mean, even the team we play has got got a lot of really good guys and and a lot of names that I definitely recognize playing playing college and playing overseas and stuff. So, it'll be it's a there's a lot of good teams in it for sure. So, for those that are not familiar with, yeah. and it, it is called the basketball mm-hmm. tournament. We we're we're not forgetting it is that's its name. What is the basketball tournament mm-hmm. all about? How does it work? So basically, there is 64 teams and. Is that eight regionals, by the way? Yep, eight regionals, so 64 teams. And basically they just seeded the teams out based on past years and, and kind of what the team, what level the guys are playing in now. So it is eight teams in each region, one through eight. We're a seven seed playing the two seed. Basically it's a NCAA tournament style. So win, or win and move on. You lose your out, 64 teams. Um, and then it comes down, the winner of the tournament gets $2 million prize and second place gets nothing, so... It is a uh, winner take all. Yeah, it it gets it gets really intense. Actually, the same team. It's been this is the fifth year I think of the basketball tournament, and the same team overseas elite has won it every single year. So what? Yeah, it's been the same team. They've won. I think last year was two million. The two years before that was a million each, and then the first year was five hundred thousand. Anybody notable on their squad? Um. Yeah, they have DeAndre Kane played okay. at Iowa State. They have they they've actually switched up a few guys. Every year, um, Jeremy Pargo played at Gonzaga. Um, Sorry, I got to yeah. throw the Kyle Fogg from Arizona. Yeah, he, yeah, he, <laughs> of he's, course he's he on do. the team before. I'm not sure if he's on the team this year. They they, they always have the same core, and then they kind of switch up some guys. So yeah, they got they got a, a lot of other names. I just can't think oh, of them right man. now. That's yeah, awesome. no, that's. When you think about your Utah State days, I mean, you look at where this team is now, right back into the NCAA tournament, finally back into contention for a Mountain West championship. Uh, how far has this Utah State program came after they lost to Morrill? Tim Dury came on. He he gave it his all, and unfortunately just they couldn't put things together. Uh, from when you left to where they are now, how far have they came? Oh, man, it is uh... – even just back from my freshman and sophomore years, going to the NCAA tournament was an awesome experience, and and it's it. People don't understand how hard it really is to get to the NCAA tournament, and so this team this year has, has came so far from previous years, and I always kept up with them as I left, and as Dure was here, and they had some struggles, they went through a lot of things, and then what Craig Smith has done um, with this Utah State team, and and the guys he's recruited, and just I, I think the biggest thing is how how he's got to. He's got his guys to commit to what he believes in and 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 how he wants to play, and that I mean that's that's huge when it comes to anything. And so they, they've they've looked great and they've came a long way, and it, it's been really impressive to watch them. I want to talk about you a little later about your thoughts on on the Aggie program, where they're at now, and and certainly your experiences. But but tell us what you've been up to because you've it's been what five years since you uh, graduated. It has been yeah man it feels like <laughs> it feels like just yesterday I was I was back in Logan it was funny I was hanging out with Spencer and Sean and Danny in Logan uh, the other day they lived down in Salt Lake and it we were just driving around doing some different things and it was like man we feel like we're back in college right now so 
it's uh it's been good. So I when I got done, I went and played overseas for a few years. I played in Latvia and Greece and Germany. Um, great experience. It was definitely some ups and downs. It's it's living in Europe is is it, it's a different life, and it was fun. Me and my wife really enjoyed it. But we uh, moved back. We were living in Washington State with my in-laws for a little while and kind of figuring out what we were going to do. And when I decided I was going to stop playing, um, moved back to Logan. Just been living here for about a year and a half now. Um, started a new job over over at the book table called Buy Boxer. We're like a third-party company on Amazon. So it's been good. My wife, she works out at Maloof, and she loves her job. And she's actually going to Vegas for a trade show. She'll be gone for 12 days, leaving tomorrow. So. It's a good time for you to play ball. Then. Yeah, <laughs> it is a great time, so I can go to all the practices and all that stuff. So when we talked to you earlier, you said that everything's fair game, and mm-hmm. and I've always wondered this: what what made you decide? You know, I'm I'm done with ball. So there's there's a lot of things that go into it. I, I it was it was a tough decision, and it, and Europe is a lot different than college. And and every guy, it's when you go to a team, it's I didn't feel like. Everybody is there to win. Everybody is there to get their next paycheck. And so it, it was really not a team environment. It was really, um, it was just, it, it just felt like you're kind of on your own. And, and living in Europe is honestly, it's really hard. I mean, it's, there's a lot of things that just your daily necessities and routines and getting gas or going, going to the grocery store, everything's just a little bit harder. And so we, I really like living in the United States and, and Logan's a great place. And so, when I was kind of thinking about it, I was like, man, I'd rather be living in Logan than I would in Europe. So um, move back here. What, in regards, besides the team chemistry or lack of, I should say, what other differences or difficulties made it hard to play in Europe in the game of basketball? Because I really don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, depending on the country, obviously. So when I was in Latvia, the um, my coach didn't speak English. I had an assistant coach that he was my translator, basically. And so how I learned under Coach Morrill was, you got to learn from other people and other people's mistakes and what they're doing. And so when, when the coach would yell and he, and he would get mad at the players I, and he wasn't yelling at me, I didn't know. And so it was, it was really hard for me to, to learn and kind of see, okay, what am I doing wrong? How does the coach want me to play? And, and you don't really get to build that bond with the coach and, and kind of really learn the system. Cause you're every year you're going new place, new place. Um, where at Utah state, I was here for five years. And, and by the time I was ending my, End of my career, like I kn- I knew exactly what coach was going to say. I knew exactly what the issue was when he was mad. I I, I knew all that, and so um, that that made Europe hard and and different. And so the the language barrier is one of the bigger things mm. that that was really tough. Mm. Uh, so you haven't you haven't played in a couple of years competitively. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you doing to get back in shape? <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a, that is the question. Yeah. So I. I'm not definitely in good a shape as I'd like to be. I'm probably about 40 pounds heavier than I was when I was playing. You're still looking good. Yeah, I was going to say, I couldn't even notice. Yeah, but I I can definitely notice when I'm out there running up and down the court. So (laughs) it's it's tough. I I mean, I try to play. I get together with some guys a couple times a week. We play pickup. I try to run, and and I go just shoot on my own. But honestly, I haven't been doing too much um, to get back in shape, which I probably should be doing more. You got about a week. Uh, yeah. So, I got folks, about a week. if there's anybody out there that has a quick fix yeah, for Preston, uh, you give him a call. I would really appreciate that. <laughs> is everybody else in that same situation? All your other former teammates, Jordan? I mean, is the rest of them just like, oh, man, I'm feeling this? I mean, we're I'm two minutes into the scrimmage and I'm about to puke. <laughs> I would say on our team, actually, most of the guys have been training pretty hard. Spencer is actually, he's going to go back again this year. He, so, he, last year, he set out 
in Europe. He he got injured the previous season. Well, I guess he got injured the previous season, went to Italy, and was there for a couple months and had to come back. So came back for a little while, and then he went back over there, or he's going to go back over this year. So he's he's in really good shape. Um, and all the other guys just kind of stay in a little more natural shape than I have. So, But it's been good. We're going to take a break. Coming back, we'll uh, continue to chat with Preston Mellon. We'll talk about his Utah State Aggie days from back then. We'll talk about the players on this team now and what he sees who might identify with him the most currently on this Aggie team back when he was a, and still is, a Utah State Aggie great. There you, you go. You like that? I like that. Preston Mellon on my, on my left. Uh, John Russell here right in front of me. I'm Aj Salves, and you're listening to the Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Ozzy Salveson, full court press here, 444 your time as we are, man, this half hour is going to go by fast. I'm a little it. disappointed we didn't take him the whole hour. So. I know, I know. But uh, we know we're grateful to have Preston Medlin along with us. Uh, Utah State Aggie great, led the Aggies uh, at the point position and did a absolutely heck of a job doing yeah. so too. Hey, when you look back to your Aggie days, uh, what kind of memories, what's the theme that stands out to you the most about those four years, about, those, about that team? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... Obviously, the the first thing that always stands out to me and my favorite part about college and why I love it is was the spectrum, right? I mean, when the spectrum's at its best, like for me, there there's no other venue that's better. There's no other place, and and obviously, I am a little biased, but I still truly believe that the spectrum when when the students are are chanting and they're always together, and there's there's no other place that I ever played at that I've ever watched that is as together as the spectrum is, and that's one of the reasons why it's my favorite. And so that that's like when I come back to Utah State and I think about Utah State, the spectrum is like where where I start and where I finish at. So, what, what, I mean, and you guys played some seriously tough games on the mm-hmm. road. What was the most hostile atmosphere you ever played on the road? Whether you won or lost, mm-hmm. most hostile atmosphere on the road you ever played? I would say St. Mary's was actually pretty hostile because it was we were both really good. It was actually my redshirt year, so I didn't even play, but we it was. It was a small venue. It's just like a high school gym. It's it's tiny. There's a, quite a few students. Um, they were very loud. They were. Uh, it was fun. But I mean, and they were. They killed us in the first half, and and, it, and we weren't looking good. In the second half, we kind of came back, and that's the game where Brady had one of the best dunks I've ever seen <laughs> um, in person for sure. And that that oh, really changed. Oh, is that the Jordan dunk? Mm-hmm. That was that game was that game was crazy. And when they when when he silenced the crowd, there was a couple minutes left. That was. That was a great game for sure. Highlight for you. Well, no, before we get to that, uh, we were just talking real quickly. You you started, uh, you came on your freshman year and you got some minutes, but then you ended up uh, uh, toward, as the season wore on, not as many minutes. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, you redshirted your, your sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it seems like every year, 500, 600, 800 transfers. Mm-hmm. Did that ever enter your mind? So for me, that that was one thing that never crossed my mind. I, I feel like when I when I committed to Utah State, um, I mean, there, I feel like there was nothing better out there. I mean, I, it was my only actually Division One offer at the time, 
And I, I loved it. I, I loved Coach Moore. I loved the spectrum. And I thought that I could really succeed at Utah State. And so I was I was dead set on, on staying at Utah State. It, it never crossed my mind. I mean, there was definitely times as a freshman, as an 18-year-old kid, when you when you go from playing 10 to 15 minutes a game to playing nothing. There was even a game at Idaho, or it was at home against Idaho, and I was the only guy that didn't get in the game at the very end because we were beating them by a lot. And after that game, I, I was I was freaking out. I was talking with I called Coach Durie after. I was just like, "What's going on?" You know, I was I was playing. Now I'm not. I, I mean, I just, that was a very rough night for me. And so, um, but it, it never crossed my mind. I knew that I knew that Coach Morrill they did a good job of. I could tell that they still liked me, and and I got to play a lot on scout team, which was that was probably the best thing that ever happened to me in my career was was getting to play a full year on scout team, going against Tyler Newbold and Pooh Williams and, and Brian Green every single day, um, all defensive league guys, and, and it that that was definitely the best thing that happened to my career for sure. There's, oh, there's so many questions. Go ahead. All yeah. right. <laughs> so, so you move on, you finish your red shirt, and now you're back, and, and all of a sudden you are – uh, one of the one of the key guys. You are you know you're the go to. You when we're looking at big shots down the line, we're hoping the ball's in your hand. Uh, was it just the progression from that redshirt year, or did something click where all of a sudden you you said, "Hey, this, yeah, I, I th- do this." I think a lot of it had to do with the progression. I know. So when from my freshman year, oh eight or so, oh nine ten, by the time I, after my redshirt year, the next year, I was the only guy that was left on the team from my freshman year. Wow. So it was a, I mean, I, I was, I was by far the, had been the most experienced with coach Morrill and that that's really big for him. And it, and it was big for me. And I, I think after my, after my freshman year, I know the coaches talked to my dad um, and basically said like, we think Preston's a good player, but like if, if by the time he's a senior, if he's starting by the time he's a senior, then that, that would be a pretty good career. And that's kind of the path we see for him kind of being a role player. And then maybe a senior year being a starter. And so I, th- I think what happened that redshirt year, I-, I played a lot of scout team, and I I played very well on scout team. I think the coaches kind of saw, man, maybe this guy can be all right. Maybe he can play at a maybe he can play at a higher level. Maybe he can be maybe he can be one of our stars. And so that's kind of the progression, and and that's kind of what happened for me. And and that's what happens when these guys when you get on scout team like that. That's your time to shine. That's your like you can do whatever you want. You I mean you you got the free reins to I mean, you got to run the play, <laughs> but. You can score, and you 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 can't care who's guarding you, and so that's I, I love playing scout team. It's still my favorite thing to do today. When I look at your sophomore bio, the numbers are disgustingly just disturbing. I mean, I, I really you yeah. against. I do you remember that Idaho State game your sophomore year? I do very 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 well because <laughs> so the previous game I wouldn't look at that stat line, but it was against A and M Texas A and M Corpus Christi, and we played. It was bad. I think Texas A&M Corpus Christi won four games or five games that year, and they beat us. Was one of the games, and after that game, we were in the locker room. Oh, I and, remember this. Yeah, Coach Morrill and Coach Durier and Coach Jones and Coach Felton, and we sat there for about an hour, and we just got <laughs> ripped really, really hard. I won't repeat anything that was said. It was, <laughs> it was very tough. Uh, it was a very tough night, and the next game was at Idaho State actually. So we had to, we had to play well. And that that was kind of I felt like my coming out as a player, as a shooter, as it kind of gave me that momentum, and and that's kind of what I feel like 
that's kind of what basketball is, right? I got I got in a streak, I got in momentum, and I just kind of I just kind of rode it out the rest of the year, and I had one of my best statistical years, and it, it was great. I love I love my sophomore year. So. You were eight of eleven from three against Idaho State, which the eight trays are tied for the third most in a single mm-hmm. game in school history. At the time, was the seventeenth most made in a single game in the NCAA mm-hmm. Division One level. Dang, that's that, incredible. Yeah, that, that was a great. <laughs> uh, I wish. I wish I could do that again, the TBT. Maybe that will happen. We'll see. <laughs> best uh, I, best game that you ever played in, best based on atmosphere, excitement of the game, mm-hmm. the whole shebang. So every BYU game, of course, <laughs> is always is. Was did you guys ever beat BYU? I, I, I don't remember. Did you, did you beat BYU? We did. So, my, so I was there five years, and so I only played against BYU actually only three times because I got injured one, one year. And then the other two, the other the other year I redshirted, and then yeah. the three years. So I played against BYU twice in the Spectrum and once in Salt Lake. And when I played BYU, we were two and one. So that means we won two, they won one. So I was, uh, I'll, I yeah, it was it was great. And that those are definitely the best games in the Spectrum because the students are there forty five minutes and forty five minutes before, and the whole Spectrum is filled with students. And so they were loud, they were great, and so. One of my favorite memories was actually my freshman year. We were playing against BYU. They had Jimmer. They, they were good. We were good. And that was kind of when I was playing a little bit. I was playing about 10 minutes game. And I got in. And in the second half, there was a – it started when we came down. And Ty got the ball on the block. And they, they doubled him. He skipped to me on the wing, made a three-pointer. And then got back on defense. And the crowd obviously went crazy. And it, that was a great experience. Got back on defense. They shot a ball. They shot the ball, and Chris Miles, who was like seven foot, you know, what I'm saying two seventy, and I was like six four, hundred and seventy pounds, <laughs> maybe soaking wet. So I'm out there, and I'm I'm trying my hardest to box him out, and I'm going, and then ref calls a foul on him. So we're going the other way. So the crowd erupts, and I'm super pumped. And then we came back down. Jared Quell hit a three, and the crowd went crazy, and. From then, it, we just kind of handled them, and it was a good experience for sure. Bringing up lots of great names. I oh. love that. Quail, oh, my gosh. I got chills right now, there. man. Oh, God. Um, I got chills. We, un- man, unfortunately, we're, we're really – time is flying. I want to kind of jump up to, to your senior year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you, you've been a major fixture in the program, mm-hmm. been a major part of it. You come to your senior year. How, how did that turn out for you? And at that point – you know, Utah State's still a good program, mm-hmm. but yeah. So we of- that year we had a lot of really good players. My senior year, so kind of my junior year going into that, I I was playing very well. I mean, I was I was picked to be the Mountain or the WAC Player of the Year. Um, season was going really good. I was playing I was playing great. Our team was doing really good. And then me and Keyshawn went down in the same game or close to each other. Yours was a wrist, right? Yeah, I broke my hand. I actually broke my hand at New Mexico State in the first half. I fell on it, and it was this bone, right, this little bone right in the, um, right by your thumb, and fell on it. I actually, it was kind of hurting me in the halftime, and I, I had Mike, our trainer, kind of tape it up, and I came out, and I played the second half and ended up losing, go to Denver the next day, and I woke up in my hand. I mean, I couldn't even move it. I tried practicing. We tried taping it up, just... It just didn't work, so we got back home, got an X-ray, and it was just a little crack in this bone. It was like one of the slowest healing bones in the body, so that was that was tough. And and we kind of we got down to I think we had seven scholarship guys that were actually playing my junior year, 
And so you, a lot of guys that had different roles all of a sudden transferred into another role and they had they had to perform, they had to do better. And so what ended up happening is a lot of the, it was good for us, but then also it kind of messes up a little bit because I think when we got to my senior year, we just had, I think the whole year we were trying to figure out what our roles were, what what guys were doing what, what guys needed to do this, what guys needed to do that. And it, we just kind of, we tried to figure it out on the fly and, and it just didn't work out as well as I as I would have liked and as well as I would have hoped. And, and, and it was tough my senior year, but I, I, I tried to get through it and, and it was the first year in the Mountain West and we played against a lot of good teams, but um, overall, my career was great, and, and I love being Utah State. 90 seconds left. I want to ask you really quickly about this current USU men's basketball team. Mm-hmm. Sam Merrill right now at the CP3 Elite Camp and is tearing it up. What are your thoughts on Sam Merrill as a player? Oh, I, I love Sam. So Sam, so his, he has an older sister named Molly. I've known Sam for a really long time, ever since I've been at Utah State. So his his older sister, Molly, is a soccer coach at Utah State. We used to hang out. Um, a lot of our friends, groups, used to hang out with them all the time. Sam used to come to camps when I was at Utah State. Mm. I coached him probably three different years. He was on my team at Utah State. Um, so I've I've always liked Sam a lot, and he's I I would I will I'm not afraid to admit that he's exceeding any expectations I had for him, and 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 I and I like Sam a lot, and he and he's a really good guy, and so I, I'm happy for everything he's getting. He deserves everything that they that he's get that he's given. Preston, you are an absolute blast. I hope you know that. I, that was so much fun. Yeah, and you're welcome it. back anytime. Please. Yeah. If you're in town, please let us know All and, right. and you good. get automatic invitation. All so right. anyway, it. best of luck this weekend to you Thank or you. next week. Yeah, you can get Thursday. your uh, ticket at Smith's Ticks online at smithsticks.com. I've tweeted out a link where you can get 15% off. The winner of the Salt Lake Regional gets 25% of the ticket revenue. Go support your raggies. Honestly. July 25th through the 27th, yep. down at Maverick Center. We appreciate it. Thank you so much to Preston Medlin, John Russell, and Monty Salison. Good night, everybody.